1: Welcome, welcome. We are here in snowy Washington, D.C., and Kenny is going to be my co-host today. I am so lucky that he is off school today, and he is happy, too. So he is going to be sharing and co-hosting with me, which is a real treat. Kenny, how'd you like going to school last week? (laughs) We had had almost the whole week off uh, because snow prevented him. You only went to school one time, right? Last week? Okay. Okay. Well, this is Mr. Bart. And Mr. Bart, this is Kenny. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm going to have him do your bio. I've never had him do a bio before. We'll see how he does on that. You're just going to read that when it's time. But I wanted to ask you, um, so what have you been doing uh, as a leader, as a person? Because this is all about leadership. And Bart's going to uh, share, look at this, using the 12 steps to become better leader in every area of your life. So when you're over there reading and doing your iPad thing, you can actually yes. hear some of the uh, oh, the quizzes. You're doing quizzes. Uh, what what quiz are you doing? Oh, trivia for countries. Well, no, you can do whatever you want. But uh, so you have some books to showcase. Uh, why don't you start off by saying, okay, so last week, what did you do? What did you learn?
2: Um, I tried to like um, refresh my memory again on like science and trivia. Look up there. And like um, space with science facts. Okay. So I tried to refresh my brain on that and I successfully did it.
1: Yes, he has successfully done it, but we're not going to take time to go over the whole periodic table and all the things you've done before. But uh, Mr. Bart, there's something that I need to tell you that he does that he knows now that he did not know only a week ago. He knows um, can't wait. Two things. He knows how to kick his daddy's butt and foosball. Look at, look at the smile. <laughs> <laughs> you know the foosball where you go like this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, he is vicious. It's amazing how quick he picks it up or how quick a kid can pick up something because I was beating him pretty effortlessly. I would say 10-1, 10-2, right? And now I'm I'm fighting for my life down there. My hands hurt. My thumbs hurt. <laughs> and uh, the second thing is last night, he, uh, I taught him how to play poker. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing that a daddy does, but he learned, he learned, learned Texas Hold'em and he Beat me this morning in <laughs> Texas <beautiful. laughs> Uh We played. So
3: I get it. You've been hanging out at casinos, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, might as well might as well
1: put his statistical math mind to work, right? That's so uh, he learned five study, learned deuces wild. He learned uh, there's a game called Peak and Turn that my grandfather taught me, and I'll, I'll just share it with you. But when I see you next time, maybe we'll play Peak and Turn. So you get two cards. What's that? I play? Yeah, you'll play when he. Yeah, he's going to come out to DC to visit us, Yeah. so. Uh peek and turn, you deal two cards to each person and you decide which card you want to leave on the bottom, which will be wild and anything like it. So you could be showing two jacks up top and a four, and you have a four in the bottom, and you have four jacks. Mm. So it's a tricky mm. little game of and so every time you get a new card, you turn, you peek at it and you turn one of them, and the one that you keep is the wild card. It's a pretty mm. fun game. Absolutely. Um, Kenny has a couple books he wants to show and, and, and Bart was kind enough to agree since he is a father. And, uh, let's give a shout out to the reason we know each other, Tony Lee, Tony Lee. Lee Larson. She, uh, had an amazing event called the healing conference and boy, did she attract heart centered leaders, um, mm-hmm. people that are really, um, really playing at a high level to make a difference.
3: Mm-hmm. And Absolutely.
1: And it's amazing that I was only, I only got to see you for a day, but man, the, the bond I felt with you, you are a very um, sensitive and very uh, uh, intuitive. And I mean, you, you, just the connection I had with you, your energy is fantastic. So I was so excited to have you on the show and we will be talking about your book. But before we do, Kenny has several books to showcase. So what would you like, to you're, you're, you tell them, you do the order you want and look at the camera when you show talk doctor icon um, on, um, oh, that, those are this no this is dakota's designs doctor yeah. dr icon wrote them okay okay
2: okay, okay Dakota, um, smiles these books this this egg-
1: is, yeah this is magnolia grace and look at the gorgeous
2: oh my
3: gosh oh my gosh
1: so we're becoming known as the company to go with if you have an idea for a children's book okay kenny yeah.
2: And the, this
1: one, and I and she made me a superhero. I'm, I'm Captain Smiley, I guess, or something. This is Doctor Icon. This is a lot like she looks. And these are the, the I guess all the different things you're going to learn in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, your glasses. Uh, look, VIP. But uh, she's talking about the uh, word ambassadors. So nice little book. Any of these books we show on the show, uh, we give away free electronically. And what do you want to show now?
2: uh this is a book that i wrote and they made a longer version more detailed This is basically like a children's book version
1: yeah this is more for i would say elementary school
2: oh uh, yeah I guess. and this is, oh,
1: and, this is and this is more middle school so he took kenny and made him older for an older child to read now watch this this has got a lot more uh writing in it a lot more writing so he switched out the graphics he kept the premise uh kind of saying about Wildlife being free. Uh, Kenny, why don't you read uh, the back to, of this to Doctor Bart, uh, uh, Mister Bart, of uh, this one right here? I love, I love what you said <clears throat> here. Okay, you're gonna look at the camera and read it. Yeah, yeah go ahead.
2: Uh,
1: Kenny decides to go to the zoo and is surprised to see such Wait, sadness in the. Can you hear it? Okay. I can't. Yeah, okay, what's it- up? A little louder. Okay.
2: Kenny decides to go to the zoo and is surprised to see such sadness in the animals being captive. He discovers some magical glasses with his colorful spiritual world and be- becomes his new reality when he puts them on. Go on his magical journey was Kenny and experience animals showing their inner experience of, of freedom. When he returns home to his cats, he has a whole new perspective on caring for all living species. Kenny hopes you, to inspire you to have a voice against animal cruelty and protecting endangered species. Live free and love free, Kenny.
1: And this is that book. And this is a picture of Kenny. With hugging the cats. And then this is uh, the, the real pictures that he took to get those those drawings. Isn't that amazing? I mean, um right. we will just we'll quickly just show off Dr. Icon has a book called Seymour the Lemur. We have Camilla the Chamilla, and I mean these are these are just really fun books. And since Kenny's home, I made this a little bit of a children's uh, topic in the beginning. And then this is an idea that Kenny had, and he gave it to me. It was about um, scare, some things you're scared of, and then the reasons why you shouldn't be scared of them. So to give you an idea, uh, the book starts off with this really creepy spider coming at you. Okay, see that creepy spider?
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: And it says. Kenny, the young werewolf, runs into a scary giant spider in a hallway, and then he turned the page, and you find out the spider was just this little guy, and he says, well, um, I'm, I eat bugs. I eat all these bugs for you, so you don't have bugs in your house. And so this guy right here is all mean, and you turn the page and come to find out it's just its just a doctor, just a doctor doing his job. So each one of these has a scary feeling that you have inside your head that's not true. And Kenny's new book, you want to show that off?
2: Um yes, it's a little tiny autobiography, smaller than my other books, but um it took me about like 11 days to write it and,
1: and it's and it's full. It's a full It's a, it's 10,000 words, right? Yeah. And he made sure he wrote exactly 10,000. <laughs> so that's 10,000 words and I'll just close off with the brilliant gentleman Dakota Smiles doing just gorgeous gorgeous work. If you want to do a book and you want to see us about doing a children's book that is going to get you a lot of compliments. We'd love to hear from you. So Kenny is going to introduce our guest. And then I would like, if we could focus on your fatherhood experience and advice you give my son, and then we'll go into the show. How's that sound, Bart? Man, brother, let's do this. This, I mean, this is amazing. He's off today with the day you're joining the show. That's, I mean, that never happens on a Monday, so that's cool. All right. So Kenny, uh, Mr. Bart Nolenberger. Okay. There you go. You can read this. You might want to get close to the screen so everyone can hear you. Okay.
2: Um, Bart Nolan is a successful motivational speaker, sales trainer, and and an executive coach. Throughout his career in the auto industry, Bart spent considerable time learning, studying, and affecting time change within his own life and business to maximize maximize his potential and work with integrity and character. He has uh, since he used his experience to partner with some of the top companies in the world to help teach sales and leadership to their business leaders and supporting staff. Bart has studied under some top motivational coaches in the world, including Tommy Robin uh, Tony, Robbins. Tony Robbins, um Les Brown. Loud louder. Um
1: Les Brown. Les Zig Ziglar.
2: Zig Ziglar.
1: Jim Roon. Go ahead. Loud.
2: Jim Paul um
1: uh, Martinelli.
2: Martinelli, and John Maxwell, to name a few. He is truly an example that that is never to be too late to soar with success. Bart resides in Phoenix, um, Arizona, Arizona, with his wife, Mary. Between the two of them, they have 10 kids and 11 grandkids.
1: That's pretty good, 10 kids. You think you could give us a little bit of advice on fatherhood and uh, how to be a, a future success? Yeah. All right. So, Mr. Bart, what are three, three gold nuggets you'd give my son?
3: Well, first of all, marry a good woman <laughs> and, and have great kids. Um, I happen to uh, be in a blended marriage, which is why we have so many kids. But my wife, who birthed, birthed five of those plus adopted one, had six, and on her side has eight grandkids. On mine, I helped birth four. And have four grandkids. My, you know what? I think the piece on my end that I can talk about is have everybody know that they can follow their dream and there's no limits. My daughter is an acupuncturist at 39 years old. She's going to nursing school. She has two, two kids. Um, I've got a son. My oldest son has four has two businesses, two restaurants, and plus a catering company. So three businesses. His wife owns a couple businesses and they have a two and a three-year-old. So, you know, they're not, their world is, frankly, nuts. But in that five days a week when he hustles, two days a week, he's just spending time with Pam. And that's what he's, he's learned, that piece, so-called balance piece. And then I've got a couple other uh, kids that are twins. One is a broadcaster in the American Hockey League, and he loves what he does. And the other one is a um, former scout with the Cleveland Browns, and now he's selling real estate. And he just got married within the last year to the woman. You can say
1: you can say their names, Bart. Feel free to say their names, their full names. So, if you-
3: my daughter's name is Tiffany. Uh my, my son's name is Tyler. He's in San Diego. I've got one of my, my son that uh, does broadcasting. His name is Nick Nolenberger, and he's with the San Jose Sharks. And his brother is Dax Nolenberger. And he's an elite real estate agent in Santa Cruz, California. So I've been blessed with that. And the third thing I would say is. Let them see who Jesus is within you. Let them see the God within you. Because even though my kids didn't see that when they were young, I became a believer when I was 39. I can guarantee you they see God within me every step of the way now, and they constantly let me know that. And that's my that's my greatest mission on this planet.
1: All right. So I'm going to ask you two or three questions. He'll ask you one or two if you want. Okay. So question one. How important is reading? How important was reading for you to have your kids read?
3: Oh, uh, I would give their mom all that credit because she every night she would read to them. And because of that, they 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 connected with her. So I think there's a piece of that when a parent can read with a child, the connection. It was like they got to look forward to it every night. Okay. And all of my kids, frankly, in their studying now, they're they've They found a way to be A students, if that makes any sense. Through high school, they weren't. But now they're doing that which they love. And a a student like my daughter, who wasn't great in high school, now gets 4.0s in nursing school. And my son, Tyler, is brilliant. And each of them has their specialty. And what they do today is they study their specialty. All of them. They study their craft deeply. So. So, I'm a learner, so I think that's a huge piece.
1: Yeah, lifelong learner would be a a, a recommendation I would give a child. So, um, you know, I gave him that book just now. I didn't, I didn't prep him for that call or that, or that he was even going to do it. How, how, what do you think of his reading?
3: Oh well, it's incredible, and you can tell that. I mean, anybody that writes, how many books? Nine.
1: Uh he's up to twelve.
3: You didn't have to. You didn't have to tell me you could read well. <laughs> you can write well from what if you've got 12 books that's incredible so well give it up that's it ready to go
1: well i i share with people that even though he's done 12 books it it was because he did them and if he if i did them it's going to be it's going to come out so kenny whenever you did a book i i left you alone didn't i you had to do it oh you're gonna in that (laughs) question okay so i want to ask you um how important is initiative and integrity for success for a uh, future?
3: Well, I think there's a couple pieces to that. I think initiative comes from knowing what you want. It's hard to do that at a young age. You've obviously done a great job with him following his his journey because there's a lot of people that, that are stuck. You know, Tony Robbins says that there's no lazy people. People have impotent goals. So when we as leaders at home And find out what our kids love to do and guide them on that path. That's when they're going to get the initiative. I think Steve Jobs said it best. Do not do something you don't like to do. And we've heard this for decades, right? But he said what will happen is when it gets really tough, if you don't like it, you won't do it. And if you like it, everything gets tough, no matter what it is. My broadcaster son will tell you there's parts he doesn't love about it, but he loves the job. Mm. So when it gets tough, what happens? We stick in there no matter what. And then the second part of that, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> integrity. But you know what? I think integrity is self, right? It's like as a leader in businesses, churches, families, we've got to find out our true self. Who are we? And when we know our true self, if we keep a promise to ourselves, we have to keep it. So when we have self integrity, that's character. Self integrity means that if I promise myself I'm going to do 20 push ups today, Man, I got to do those twenty push-ups. We're going to do twenty. Sure. <laughs> Thirty, right?
1: <on>. hot. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said. So sure. I don't think he volunteered. I don't think he took the initiative to add ten to that. I think he. I said. Are we, we going to do twenty? He says, "Sure."
3: <laughs> There's a wise saying by a wise man: A man or woman convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. How many people in our world tell us, "Yeah, yeah," but they don't do it. Right. So the key shows he's got initiative because it was his will, his willingness, willingness to do it, and I think that's just I want to be like you, Kenny, when I grow up.
1: <laughs> well, we're we're working on not the integrity part. His integrity is actually spot on, but his initiative um, is, is it's a tricky one because taking initiative is not about working harder; it's about really stepping into your power. I think, and there's a quote um, that I think. Is a compliment to this, and it is you're either working for your dreams or you're working for someone else's. Mm-hmm. So, Kenny, do you have a question you'd like to ask Mr. Bart before you? Is
2: that what
1: <laughs> it was? Oh, okay. It, what was the question?
2: God, but I, I know the answer. Well,
1: why don't you ask? Uh, you're in scouts. Do you have a question about was he in scouts or do you have a question about him? Okay.
3: I heard scouts only, but I think I know the question now. I was not. Okay.
1: Yeah. He's so, pursuing yeah. uh, becoming an eagle, and I, I felt that uh, leadership is uh, s- leadership and character is certainly taught in the scouts. So, yeah. doing pretty well with that. Well, thank you. you know, for- the,
3: I uh, will say this, and I think this is a huge piece, no matter where we are. The number, what is the definition of leadership? So, Kenny, if I asked you a question, what's the definition of leadership? If you look at leadership that you're learning about all this. Real simply, what's the definition of leadership? No, go ahead. <laughs> Give your um, definition.
2: Someone who like um the center of helping a group of people achieve more.
3: Love it. Love yeah. It. Good. That's good. And by and the way, go ahead. Influence. Exactly. So whether it's one person or twenty thousand people. Leaders are influencers. So there's been bad leaders, people that were just awful people that led other people, but they didn't have character, and it doesn't mean they couldn't influence them. And then there's good leaders, people of character, people that are humble, people that have, that have a servant's heart, but it's all about influence. Nothing more, nothing less.
1: Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. And next time, by the way, are you a leader?
2: Yeah. And you're
1: okay. like, go, oh, I'm, I'm a co-leader. Yes. So he's giving you a definition that helps you understand that influence is what makes leadership effective. And the better you are with regard to integrity, initiative, and being a role model, the more people will probably follow
3: you. And All you right. do. With 12 books, you've got influence. You, you have, have incredible influence. That's that is nuts. All right. Way to go, Kenny.
2: Okay. So have a good day. Yeah, have a good day.
1: Happy New Year!
3: Happy New Year! You need to go right. play in the snow.
1: Uh, we may it's it's starting to get a little low. I think we need to come to Phoenix and play.
3: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> All right, Kenny. Thanks for being a co-host.
3: <laughs> thanks, Kenny.
1: Well, I am glad that he uh, he read the bio because uh, that print is small and my eyes didn't. I didn't have my glasses. <laughs> on. So so welcome Bart. Thank you. We got, we got a little taste of. Uh, who you are the family aspect, but we don't know who you are. Um, so where were you born and what was your childhood like, and specifically, what defining moment caused you to be who you are today?
3: Oh my gosh, I was born in Toledo, Ohio, and my dad was a car dealer, and my mama was a mother, obviously, and a model, and it kind of defines her because we had probably 50 mirrors in the house. And it was all all about image, and it was it was always about the outside. And even though my mother was a, a person of integrity, that was never ever brought up in my childhood. Well, interestingly enough, and I love my mom, and I can give you that story when we go on. But my dad um, was, uh, I would say, a typical car dealer. He was a um, he was. Good at his business, very highly respected, but he wasn't really engaged at home. I was the youngest of two brothers, of two sons. My brother was five years older. And this is going to sound like a woe is me story, but it really isn't. Um, it, it was, I believe, because I've done a lot of work on this, that probably, no offense, mom and dad, but I probably wasn't planned. five years later. I think my they planned on having one and then. Here I am but I will tell you that I didn't I I we grew up in upper middle class so I had anything I wanted. I was a spoiled rich kid growing up in a upper again an upper middle class uh, suburb of a suburb of, of Toledo, Ohio and and it, I was given a, a van for Christmas one year um, yes, a van with a, sh- with a what I call a shagging wagon back then with a, um, I was given a mini bike one year. Um, It broke the next day. They got me a different one. I mean, it was kind of a world I lived in. And I'm not, again, I'm grateful for pieces of it, but I'm not proud of it. So, you know, we've talked about parenting a little bit this morning. What I learned about that is that I wasn't going to be that kind of parent as my dad was. I was going to be totally the opposite. So when I became a parent, I was totally engaged. My dad was not. As a matter of fact, certain during those growing up years, the first 10 years was phenomenal. The second 10 years, I started really trying to get attention. And I say phenomenal because I was smiling all the time. It was fun. It was joyful. Like, you know, I, was, I was supported. I played sports. My parents were, my dad, not my dad, but my mom was at every activity. And then I turned 10, 11, 12, and I started to look in the mirror, and I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't like the way I, I was, I had a big old floppy ear and a big old nose and, and I got picked on and I loved sports, but I was a lousy athlete. So everything that defined me, I didn't have my parents tell me, hey, you're the best, you're going to make it. Not that they didn't, they they abused me. They didn't do that, but they didn't, My especially my dad, he was the one I'd search for. He never lifted me up and said, man, you're going to do this. Let's go talk. What you just did never would have happened. So um, I've learned to forgive him. But uh, again, I I interview people on my podcast, Keep the Change, and they've had parents that abused them or left in the house for a week while their parents are out doing drugs, whatever the case. Terrible stories. Mine wasn't terrible physically, but the emotional piece I never grew up. I wasn't emotionally mature at all. I was a very dependent child. If you told me you loved me, I was fine. If you didn't, I wasn't. It's really interesting. Hmm. But I had grandparents that loved God. And my parents were Unitarian. I have no idea what that was. We would go to church every Sunday, but I would just probably sleep all the way through it. And then my grandparents were Lutherans. And I didn't even know what thou and thee and all that in the Bible meant. I knew they were people of character that just loved and adored God, loved Him. So they were my first friend to a trailer. When I was in high school, at about oh, I don't know, thirteen years old, I wanted to be like somebody else always. Ken, I wanted—I just didn't want to be me. And I always dreamed of being the basketball player down the street at a different high school or somebody else. And one day, I decided to tap into my dad's liquor cabinet, and that started it off because I thought, wow, this is cool. Then one more, one night, my parents were, every weekend, my parents would go out on Friday and Saturday night. I was left either with a babysitter or by myself. This particular night, I took a goblet of whiskey and a goblet of vodka and put it in the front yard. And before I went downtown Perrysburg, I drugged both of them. And by the time I got there, I was obviously lit up. Mm -hmm. And I got more attention than I'd ever gotten in my life. And I thought everybody liked me. Well, they were laughing at me, but it was, I was addicted. I ended up coming home that night. A buddy of mine drove me home. I stumbled in the room, my parents laughed. But they wouldn't keep laughing. I ended up wrecking six cars, I think it was, in high school. And it was five or six. I think it was six. And my dad, what would happen was I would wreck a car. And I wouldn't tell my dad. My mom would send me to my dad's dealership. And they'd just give me another car. Wow. I was just enabled, man. It was ridiculous. So it sounds like I had a miserable childhood. I didn't. We had houses in Florida. We would go there a lot. We had boats. We would go on our boats. But what I didn't have was what you just did. I didn't have a father that was engaged that loved me so much, and, and that's who I am today. But I didn't have that growing up. Well, I let, had a me, mother, but it was, let me. be my clear. My mom was all image. For my mom, it was all image.
1: let me be clear. I I relate uh, because I didn't have a horrible childhood, but my dad didn't know the first thing about even the word entrepreneur. Well, yeah. or a dreamer or a visionary or risk taker it didn't make sense to him and mm-hmm. it, when it didn't make sense it was a complete disconnect so my dad and i didn't have really any conversations that could cause you to dream they were always mm-hmm. the opposite they were like hey you need a security you this this world's tough and all that kind of stuff and he was a he was a major in the army he was a responsible good guy Um, and if I was a conservative person, just looking for a government job, he was the perfect dad to have. (laughs) So, so, um, I, I had a hard time in my childhood relating to my dad and vice versa, and, and it only grew harder and harder. So we have about two minutes. I want to give a little shout out to our sponsors, and then we're going to come back. We're going to uh, complete that conversation about, uh, when you got into actually becoming an author, a leader, a speaker and talk about this. So our show today is brought to you, well, heck. to you by kenny shows brought to you by kenny and perfect publishing as well as the umbrella syndicate and especially the key smiling movement so uh if you have a story or you know someone that has a story please bring it down we love inspiring stories we love stories that can impact the world the biggest shame in the world bart is when someone does a book and it's gorgeous and they just don't have a campaign they don't have anyone marketing them and they feel like they're a failure just because no one's buying their book, and it's because no one knows their book exists. So I always let people know you can do anything in life if you have a marketing system and a campaign that's relentlessly going to cause impact. So we'll be back in about two minutes. Keep smiling. And I and I should say, we just got this book here, Keep Smiling, Achieve Entrepreneurs. This is a really fun book. And any book that I show in the show, these are both by Robert Peterson, Power Entrepreneurs, These two books are available by digital. If you text us, uh, DM me, I will make sure you get those books in your box. Amazing, amazing people that you'd want to know and network with. And we have the new Business Leaders Network book coming out as well. Oh, you know what? We have uh, the healing healing book, the compilation book, Bart. I think you're part of that, aren't you? I am not. Well, we are going to make sure you are, young man, because you are inspiring and you help heal a lot of people that need to be healed. So we'll be back in two
0: Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. voice america is on linkedin connect with us today have you become a member yet sign up now to become a member of voice america it's always free and easy Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at theumbrellasyndicate.com. Now back to Amplified.
1: Hello this is Ken Roshan on Amplified Voice America. Big shout out and love to Jeff Spinard who is looking down on us and giving us a pathway to be leaders, use this platform to inspire others. I want to just uh, say uh, there's There's always things I have to say that are um, constructive and there are also things that are complimentary. So if you'd allow me, I just wanted to share a couple of things because it's also a learning lesson, not just for you, but for the audience to think about things. Okay. With that, do I have your permission to share? Constructive compliments. Okay. So compliments first, I'll say, love the cover, love the size of the book. I love that you give them to people that you want to have a relationship with because that's smart um we exchanged books at the uh the healing conference did. and i i i love how you actually give the book as a gift even your energy is i want you to have this this is a piece of me and when i opened it up and i saw the different aspects i loved how you have your resource section which is so valuable because these are the books that programmed you these are the books that you used and downloaded the gold nuggets into your books so that's very valuable you did uh, one of the best jobs i've seen on your call to action and connecting with people and making it visual. I really enjoyed that part. Um, and you have, you use up uh, every single blank page there is to give people an opportunity to get to know you better. You have a, a really good use of the QR codes. You have the Apple Podcast, the Spotify Podcast. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, there's a professional who wrote the book and understands the value of what you use a book for, which is to connect people to you. So, You are a professional salesperson because your marketing and your sales is spot on. I don't really have uh, too many constructive, but I I have one that is uh, an easy fix. And by the way, yours yours is the kind of book I would be all too proud to publish and bring around the United States, show off in the Jumbotron. So that's another conversation of the day, but I would be proud. Um, Your Forward by Rick uh, Lineman, co-founder and president of Unleash God's Dream. Okay. You ready for this? I believe that anyone that writes a Ford is an influencer. And anytime they're an influencer, you always put their name on the front cover in small print above or below you, but it's forward by. And the reason why is you're giving them the, you're giving them top billing in one sense or another. You're able to tag them every time someone sees a book and they probably will buy more books because they're on the front cover. <laughs> so that's my little constructive tidbit. I really don't have much more. I, I mean, I, I go to town when I, When I see things, I say, you should do this, or I would recommend doing this and all these things. So really, really a well-put-together book. I can can see it's thought out. It's certainly engaging, and it certainly makes a statement of change. So Mm -hmm. we have 12 steps here, and we didn't finish the conversation of who you are and how you became who you are. So if we could go from the part that is childhood, if we could kind of accelerate into how you came up with your career and then how you decided to become an author and speaker
3: perfect so all my life we had talked about it i think during break about people who had influenced me when i was a young person my mom and i actually went to a seminar to see a guy named jim Rohn, and that was something i remember as being really powerful she was trying to get into real estate i was looking at a sales job and and so it was it was it was it was a great bonding but all my life i'd always wanted to get better when i said i compared myself to others or wanted to be somebody else, I wanted to be better. I didn't know how to do it necessarily, but I wanted to be better. So I was always on this learning journey. But I had a drug problem. I started drinking. It wasn't enough. I started using any drug possible except heroin. And that fast forwarded to the early part of my 20s. As a matter of fact, I was very successful in sales. After a few hiccups, I got really successful in it. But I did it high. And I was just trying to numb myself and, again, be somebody else. When I could be high, I could be somebody else. Low, low, low self-esteem. And then six months before the big thing happened, I ran into a buddy of mine who was sober. He was—he looked fantastic. And leave it to me as a narcissistic male at that point in my life to say, dude, you look great. How'd you do it? And he said, I got sober. I said, what's that? Long story short, six months later, I'm at work. I'm using cocaine. I got caught. I got fired. The next morning, I woke up, had the an intuition, and I called that treatment center that my buddy told me about. Within two hours, I was in. And within, um, oh, I'd say four weeks, I graduated. And today, by the grace of God and a lot of work, I have over 38 years of sobriety one day at a time. So that Time, what was that? I, I was in my mid 20s when this happened, changed everything. And how did it change? People ask me that, right? Well, I studied under Tony, I started under Maxwell, I studied under all these thought leaders. But one thing I also did too is get a sponsor. And my sponsor was a guy that could guide me and lead me and be straight up, just kind of like you did a little bit ago, with giving me raises and also what are those opportunities to work on. So it's my sponsor. He was an incredible guy. And then I also had groups. I had groups of people that I would hang out with, and I'd be just really honest, people I could trust. And I also got on my knees every morning and prayed a couple prayers every day. And I didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ back then when I first got sober, but I knew there was a God. I just didn't know him. I didn't have a relationship with him. So I him. and I studied what was called the 12 steps. If you've ever heard of Bill and Bob, they, they they founded the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous way back, and I think it was the 50s. It might even be a little bit before that. And they changed lives with their 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. That was used in about any addiction, 12 Steps of gambling, 12 Steps of of narcissism, 12 Steps of of sexual integrity. They used those steps. And what happened was that got me sober. Step one, admit. Now the way it says it in the in the twelve steps is we admitted we are powerless. Over in my case it was drugs and alcohol, and my life had become unmanageable. So I was powerless. I had to start there. It was the first step. But what I started to do is I got sobriety, as I got some freedom from other garbage that was in my life, sexual integrity issues, whatever it was, narcissism. Of anger, low self-esteem. As I got through it all using the twelve steps, it always started with admitting. And I realized as I started training leaders that that was the first thing a leader needed to do. Hmm. They needed to admit that they had that they were angry with their people. They had needed to admit that maybe they weren't real nice to their wife. They had needed to admit they needed to ask their kids more questions. Whatever it was. Admission brings such freedom. And it all started with that. So Mm. every bit of my transformation, my change, and then keeping the change, started with admission. And then step two is, came to believe. If you don't believe in anything, you'll fall for everything. When I believe that, I believe that I believe. I've told about my faith. I believe in my faith. Not everybody watching this believes in my belief. It's okay. I still love you. But I know what happened to me. I was pulled out of a pit. And Jesus saved my life. And he did it for a purpose. And he did it so that I can save other people's lives. And step three is made a decision. When you and I make a decision, that's when our life changes. It could be a bad decision, could be a good decision. But the quality of our life is determined by the quality of our decisions. And I I want to hit on this and then I'll let you take over. But step four is did a fearless, moral inventory. Now that's the part that most people won't do, right? I work with leaders, a lot of leaders in a lot of businesses. And they've never heard that before. You mean I got to really get to know myself? I got to really understand my thinking? I've got to do an inventory of my thinking? Yes. You mean I have to say I'm sorry to people? Yes. You mean I have to I have to really deep dive into in who I am? Yes. And that four step frankly hard changes Free thing. It really does. So there's those first four steps set the stage. We can't talk about all 12 of them because we don't have enough time. That was the premise of this. So every chapter I talk about my dumb, a doctorate too, by the way. Did I tell you? Well, you
1: said uh perf- <laughs> perfume on the pig.
3: Yeah. Well, I have a doctorate. My doctorate is in dumb. <laughs> and I have a I have a I I have a PhD now though. And that is that Papa has my direction. And when I tap into him, that's when I know where I'm going. So I'm just transformed, man. I was a narcissistic, immature, emotional intelligent. I didn't have any emotional intelligence. And today, God's using me. We have a ministry. My wife and I run a Celebrate Recovery ministry. I have... Over 20 mastermind groups, which are really boot camps, that I work with leaders. I've got over 30 people that I do one-on-one coaching in, in leadership. And I am a certified member of the John Maxwell team, Maxwell leadership team, and an executive director. So I teach Maxwell principles businesses all over the country. So it's Good. it's unbelievable.
1: 21 leadership books Maxwell's done. It's just he's,
3: he's done a lot.
1: Yeah. Over oh, he's,
3: he's written over 80 books. Right. Some of them are derivatives, so he's really done 121 books. So yeah, he's the number one leadership guru in the in the world
1: for sure. Totally, totally agree with you. And every one of his books is a fresh look at a new way to be a better leader. So yeah, that. um, so let's let's dig into this book a little bit. Um you uh you have the first chapter up. Uh, perfume on a pig. And and by the way, I'd love to know what you're, you know, there's a car salespeople have a little bit of a bad reputation, or I shouldn't say reputation, a, a bad identity, because uh, people think they're going to be hosed. So take on the pig and take on the uh, the salesperson that, uh, what, is, what is it to be a car salesperson?
3: Well, <laughs> pig piece, I will tell you that. Don't we all do that, man? We have the perfume we put on our behavior and think it's going to change, right? Part of what I do in my leadership, excuse me, is I make sure, I I think there's four, what I call the four rules for change, Ken. And it's really actually mirrored after Psalm 139, 23, 24. And the first rule for change is this. God, where am I? It's It's this massive self-awareness. Now, again, if you're not a believer, then you might just ask yourself the question, where am I? We got to know who we are and where we are to grow. The next piece of that is, what am I doing to sabotage and get in the way? The third piece I ask is, where do I want to be? And the fourth one is why? So part of this whole journey was that for me is finding out who I was. What I believe in, as I'm a DISC behavior consultant, and DISC is, I, if you've heard of DISC before, if you haven't, you can Google it. The D is dominant, I is influencer, S is steady, C is compliant. A couple of those are introverts, a couple are extroverts, a couple are relational, a couple are t- more task-oriented. What I know is people don't know who they are. So what I love about DISC is people get to deep dive into who they are. But what DISC talks about, And what it reveals is what I call the Jahari window. I didn't invent it. That's what it's called. Let's picture a four square. And on the left at the top, write the word arena. Arena is A-R-E-N-A, like a basketball arena. And that is that authentic piece of you and me. So the arena is, I know this about me and so do you. It's like my recovery. I don't leave it a secret. It's just who I was, right? My journey of getting to the other side is who I am. So the arena is the part that we connect with. To the right of that, write the word blind spot. Now, blind spot, of course, I don't know those, but you do. If you're if you're connected with me, you know who I am. You can see my blind spots where I may not. If you take that four square and go to the bottom left, write the word mask. We know what that is. Obviously, we put masks on, perfume on the pig. And that's that. I'm not going to show anybody who I really am. There you go. Thank you. And then to the right is that word potential. So the, where the mask is, I know this about me, but I ain't letting you in. Potential says, I don't know, you don't know. So how do, we, how do we grow? Well, if you and I want to grow to our max, number one, we've got to increase our arena, our authenticity, decrease our blind spots, decrease our mask, Guess what happens to our potential? And that's the essence of everything we talk about. Let's get the perfume off the pig and let's grow to the best we can be. And I love that part. The next part about car sales, people, here's the deal. Anybody can get into car sales. In 2020, frankly, it was easy pickings because there wasn't very many cars and if the car was in stock, you could sell it. What that did in the industry was force salesmen to be pretty bad. And here we are now where there's a lot of inventory and they have to be salespeople. So what's happening is dealerships are saying, hey, please train my salespeople on how to be better salespeople. Here's, here's the deal. A salesperson that isn't trained is probably a lousy salesperson. A salesperson that's trained is a servant. A salesperson that's trained asks great questions. A salesperson that's trained listens. A salesperson that is trained is humble. A salesperson that's trained is hungry, but they're hungry to serve. And a salesperson that's trained has emotional intelligence so they can read the room. And that salesperson that's trained is the customer sitting at the restaurant bragging to their waiter about the great salesman they have. They become... Those salespeople become raving fans. They have have raving fans all over the place because of who they are. So, pardon me, Dan Blanchard, gotta love it. So, there's a lot of good ones out there. I've said this in the past and I'm not shy to say it. I didn't like the business, but I love the people. And there's a lot of good people. There's a lot of great leaders. There's a lot of people that are, are broken but what a coincidence. Me, broken in the past, get to be a leader to those people that might be broken now. And I think that's why I've been put in this role, man. I think that's what I'm supposed to be doing. That's
1: Yeah. And and by the way, everything you said about a great salesperson is trained in all the different attributes, uh, spot on. I think the most important one for me, there's two, is that a salesperson is someone who takes care of their client or their customers so well they become a raving fan and an ambassador for them because that's their that's their marketing system. The second one, the second one is I, I think a salesperson is defined by their ability to bring value, solve a problem to the degree that someone wants to come back and get more problem solved.
3: And you know what's interesting is my business where I do a lot of coaching for dealerships. I do, I mean, for dealerships. I, a lot of my clients are dealerships. A lot of them have the same belief systems I do, so they don't they don't disconnect. I, I wasn't looking for that, but I I know I've got an avatar. People with the same belief systems just happen to be. Also, my avatar really is twenty five to fifty five year old folks that lead other people. Maybe struggling a little bit with communication at home. Maybe struggling with too many beers, and they're not. They've never been taught how to lead. Yeah. Unlike Kenny, right? So that's my avatar. Those are the people that just show up. And 95% of my business is repeat and referral. 95%, dude. I'd I'd like to say that I make 50 calls a day. I don't. I call. You know who I call 50 times a day? Those people that are already my clients or have been my clients in the past that we just love each other, man. And that's my role. It's to serve and love them for sure. Uh, And to me, love is all about that. I say it in the book. I'm just going to say this. It's First Corinthians thirteen: love, patience, kindness, listening, caring. Don't judge. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Well, no, don't apologize. I was going to actually say that that particular thing about love is what makes the fatherhood experience wonderful and the childhood experience wonderful. When I when I had Kenny, um, my my wife and I decided we would never hit him, and we would we would teach him, and we would love him, and 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 that actually is a commitment that you. Here in patience you know everything that he and so what happens is he feels heard and so he is so respectful
3: mm-hmm.
1: i mean yeah. he he has only told one lie that i know know of and i said we will never do that again i said you will never lie to me and i'll never lie to you and I, to this day i don't think he's ever lied to me he calls himself mm-hmm. out and that's yeah. that's that's a character i want to show you this because uh i thought this was an interesting part right here the mm-hmm. person, pause did you want to speak about that real quick?
3: Everything that you and I go through has a cause and effect, doesn't it? I mean, everything does, man. Yes, it's, there's 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 accountability for those things we do. So, whatever I do, any if I'm if I'm a servant leader and I'm serving other people, there's going to be some kind of an effect. There's going to be some kind of a relationship with that, and that I believe is where our growth comes. That if we did, again, if I did something that was stupid, it's going to be some kind of a. Like that. Everything we do has some kind of a consequence, whether it's a consequence to serve people and grow people, or if it's a consequence to just be all about me. I think our world changed. I it can change, and it, it, my world changed when I was about we and not me. It's not about me anymore. It's about matter of fact. I have a word this year. And my word is called develop. So everything I'm about, all my causes are about developing my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my kids, my relationship with my business, my relationship with my clients. Everything is about developing them. Yeah. And everything's about developing myself. I've got a bunch of things that I want to do to develop. And in that developing me, I don't really look at the... the The reward, the reward's going to come because I constantly develop and I constantly serve and I constantly constantly am about how can I give, how can I give, how can I give? I think the most powerful thing that's happened to me in my business is when a million dollar a year producer says to me, the number one thing that I got out of our boot camp, he said, I got a lot out of it to be a better leader, but I have to tell you, you saved my marriage. He said, instead of me walking in the door at the end of the evening and dictating, he said, I learned to ask better questions, pay attention to my wife more, connect more, understanding her side of things. He said, the way I talk to my teenagers, instead of saying, what were you thinking? Now I change the tone and say, tell me a little bit about what you were thinking. And he said, I ask better questions and I listen better. Well, Bart, we,
1: we are coming to close, so I want to make sure we we give the audience some of the rapid fire. Uh, in in actually, because I wanted to talk about this, but uh, in one sentence or two, what is rum layered soup?
3: Oh, I went to rehab for thirty days. Graduated after thirty days, and halfway through rehab, I happened to find some cocaine.
1: Yeah, this is really quick. Okay, go ahead.
3: And I found some cocaine that was stashed in a shirt and I looked at it, flushed it down the toilet, step one. That changed almost everything. The last day we graduated, I was at a place in Monterey, took a, it was with family, took a sip of this clam chowder and it had rum on top and I didn't know it. Took this big bite, my cheeks swelled up like squirrels. I wouldn't swallow it and I spit it all over the table. That's amazing. that That was the decision. That changed it that I never used again.
1: Awesome. So here we go. Some quick questions. What book changed your life? Bible. Uh, what movie inspires you?
3: Um, Remember the Titans.
1: Great one. Uh, what quote do you live by?
3: Um, you can get anything you want. If you help enough people get what they want.
1: Sig. Um, who's your hero? My wife. Who would you like to meet you haven't met?
3: No, um, it would absolutely be Jesus, but I meet him every day. Yep. So, um, you know, there's nobody I put on a pedestal. And
1: um last question. How do people connect with you?
3: Bart at bartnolenberger.com. Um, my phone number is 480-327-8751. You can call me there. I'm on Facebook on Bart Nolenberger. I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram. And... and Book at KeepToChangeBook.org. That's KeepToChangeBook.org. That's my website, one of them. And you can get it on Apple now, Can
1: I saw that. So you're giving them free PDFs to anyone who contacts you? That's Any... it. Okay. Well, Bart, it has been a pleasure amplifying you. You are certainly a leader that lives the talk and is causing all kinds of wonderful inspiration for people to live their ultimate power. Congratulations on everything you have achieved. If you know someone like Bart and they need to be Amplified, please connect them to me. Bart, it was such a pleasure having you on the show. Look forward to being on your show real soon. And I'm going to cajole you into being in the healing compilation.
3: Let's do it, baby. I will.
1: Amplified. We'll see you next week. God bless.
3: Thanks, Ken.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.